you, you need to be very careful and, and prayerful about the way you handle your finances. And if anybody puts a tithe or a part of a tithe into your church, whether it be a mission church or whatever, he does, I believe, if now, I'm not saying about the females necessarily, but I'm talking about the men. Um, they need, we, we tell our people that the books are all open all the time. Um, anybody can see the books. And then because of our policy where every, every man has an equal vote, in other words, as soon as they join, they can be at that meeting where we make major decisions. And um, what we do in our churches, Pastor Hammonds and myself, we can spend up $500, I guess, without checking with anybody else. And that is really, that is not counted when we have a mission conference or, you know what I'm talking about, or an evangelist. That's not the amount of money that we can give to um, visiting speakers. But I'm talking about, we just can't go out and buy thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment because it's a, a deal or anything. Uh, now, there was a, a thing that we needed, $600 trailer, a utility trailer, and we just, do, you know, I, I just bought the thing, and if the church didn't want it, I, I could resell it or do what I wanted with it, you know. So I just went and put it on my credit card, and then I'll just get that uh, back from the church. But you get what I'm talking about, and we can't, I, can't, I couldn't do that with five or $6,000. Now, if the church change their mind about that later and want to raise that from 500 apiece, you know what I mean, up to 5,000 apiece, then do it up to that amount. And it depends on the size of your church. But what I'm saying is you're, when you have, um, even if, if you have natives coming into your church um, or, and or over there in the military churches or wherever in the world you go, um, it is good that those people, whether they're real sweet, nice, lovely kind gentlemen, or they're just a bunch of mean, you know, I mean, you're always going to get somebody in there, it's, he can't even stand himself, and, uh, but they have equal say, at least at this part of our ministry, and, um, but if, you know, if you run a tight enough ship and they cannot, uh, you know, they cannot be committing fornication or adultery, adultery, because we don't allow that, and they cannot be initiating a divorce, we don't believe in divorce around here. We love divorced people that have already had the problem, but they cannot initiate it in our church. If they start doing something like and that happened one time, and the, the lady did get divorced, remarried, went off, and five years later her second husband strangled her to death. And, and here she, earlier, five years earlier, she said, well, I know it's wrong and I'm doing it anyhow. Well, our said that to my wife and I, and we brought it before the men of the church, and we said, well, she's not going to initiate a divorce, and it didn't go through as quickly as she thought. She's going to sit here for five or six months in our church uh, as a member, and, and we said, no, she's not. And we were going to, so we were going to send two, uh, three, two or three families to just get her to stop the proceedings of the divorce. And she, she um, heard about that, that we were going to send somebody, and by that next Friday, she was getting a U-Haul, and she went off to Oklahoma. And by Christmas, she remarried that other fellow. Then her husband moved in with someone else over here, so we went over to see him. But by the time we got to him, he'd already remarried. And so 
you get where I'm coming from. We, if people have been divorced and remarried, we love them and we work with them and we, we're just as loving and gracious and kind. They just cannot be a deacon or a pastor. And they will not be a deacon or a pastor in our church. Period. And we, and we, we're gonna, we're not gonna, we don't even consider people that have, have been divorced and remarried for uh, missionaries. And it doesn't just go for the pastorate now. That's for the pastorate or any other position. And their wife cannot be twice married either. Amen? I've had a lot of people get upset with me, but I'm telling you, God's upset with them. And um, Bud Calvert's married to a divorcee. And, um, and it's wrong. And her, 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 his first, his wife's first husband passed away. But that still doesn't make it right. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. It's not easy to stand, is it? And, uh, and I have determined that I will not sit under a man that I know is not scripturally qualified to be in the ministry. And I will not encourage my people to sit under a man that I know is not qualified. And I would not lay my hands on to ordain him to the ministry. And so uh, we, we just want to do what's right. We have a man across town, Northside Baptist Church, and we were getting in working with them. And I'd heard early, about five years earlier, about a man in Temple, and he had a, a his wife. He, he was married to a divorcee, and I didn't know it was him. And uh, but then I, when he had his, his an, an anniversary service, um, then he had a man speak for him who we knew was personally divorced and remarried. And so um, we, but we still started working with him, working with him. Finally, we find out that he um, that. Um, Pastor Phillips over across town, that he is married to a divorcee. And they just raised uh, $40,000 in uh, that year for missions. Well, I forbade any of our missionaries to go to his church because he, should, he cannot be a deacon here. And he shouldn't be a deacon if he was on the foreign field. And he cannot be a missionary. And I want you to know, missionaries are not second-rate Christians. Amen? Missionaries and evangelists and pastors and teachers and deacons, they must be properly married or they are not qualified to be in those positions. And you don't know how many people say, well, that's the pastorate's one and it's different for missionaries and evangelists. It is not. Brother, here an evangelist and he's got to be married right. Amen? We're not going to have him. I wouldn't sit under his ministry if I heard that he was married to a divorcee or if he was divorced himself. And, um, and so it's just the way we stand, but we're going to have to stand more firm. I've heard that in North Carolina, a great missionary state, that they even have a whole fellowship of divorced pastors and they cuddle each other. And you know what? This is the bad thing about this is if they are not scripturally qualified like the brother across town here, his wife is twice married. It's so bad that they've had people just about ready to join their church. And I know I've talked to them. And then they, they then he, he will tell them, just about all excited about the church, and say, I just want you to know that my wife is, uh, was married before. And what do you think about that? I think that's a sin. Did they tell, did the, does the pastor or his wife tell about any other sins that she had? 
How can she counsel with women in the church to stay with her fir- their the first husband who's having a lot of problems if won't they say, well, you didn't stay with your first husband? Isn't it better with your second one? This thing is thorny, friends. And then they start laying hands on other other unqualified missionaries, and pretty soon you've got this snowball effect, like here in Texas, we're halfway to California, which is the pits. Everybody, all the preachers out there, almost are twice married. Thank God, not all. Thank the Lord, not all. But right down the road here, Calvary. He's divorced and remarried. Across town over here, divorced and remarried. This I found this out the first day I drove into town on a Saturday with my 25-foot camper in the back. And I went over to Pastor uh, McCaskill's church after I went to Killeen Baptist Temple, which now has been brought down to nothing and sold by a man who was accused of incest, and I, was, I believe he was completely guilty. In fact, in reality, I know he was guilty because I talked to his son-in-law right here, sitting right here in our building here. And I, not so lovingly, brought that up. And I had to go and tell him I was sorry. Said that, asked him that question or something and brought that preacher up because that wasn't very nice, was it? You get what I'm talking about? Or I kind of brought up his father-in-law. And who knows but that the dear fellow who sat right there while we were building this building that it wasn't his own wife that had been defiled by her own father. So, you know, that wasn't very kind. So, anyhow, he brought that church all the way down, and then he sold it to the Koreans. It's right over there. And he told me with his own mouth when I drove into town, he said, I own this building. I said, what happens if you die? Get in a car wreck. Oh, it'll go to the people. Well, I determined right then I was not going to have anything to do with him anymore as much as possible. That was before I even knew he was accused of incest. But what a mess. What a big mess this Texas is. (laughs) Because I asked Pastor McCaskill. I drove in town, went to that first place that's been sold out now and everything, and he lived right out out here. Anyhow, uh, and then the second church I went to was Pastor McCaskill. He died just a couple... Uh, months ago, a few months ago. And uh, I said, where are the independent Baptist churches in town? We were either going here or to San Antonio. And he says, does it matter if a preacher is divorced and remarried? This is the first day I rolled in, Saturday. Rolled in that day, went and found these two churches. I said, it sure matters in the east. And I said, it matters here too. He said, well, you don't want to go over here then. You don't want to go over here then. You don't want to go over here then. Pointed out three Divorce and remarried. The one was a father and the other were the two sons who were pastoring Victory Baptist in the Cove and another one in Lampasas and then 440 Calvary out here. Now it's 195 Calvary. Who do you think followed the old man who's divorced and remarried? Another man, not in the family. He's divorced and remarried. I can't have anything to do with that pastor. Wait a minute. I have nothing to do with him. He shouldn't be in the pulpit. And so, and, and I don't know him and don't want to know him. You know what I mean? I just don't want to know him because I will not sit under his preaching. And uh, just to give you an example, here's, here's how bad it is. That was years ago. Now, about 
oh, six months ago, maybe a little longer, and we did go to a camp over in, I think, around Ruston, Louisiana. Uh, what's his name? Ford? Anybody know him? Mac Ford. Mac Ford was over there. And we went up there for a couple of years and had a good time in a camp. I got saved at camp, so I was really interested in camp. Well, after a year or two, we heard some good preaching up there, real strong preaching, had good, strong standards. And then we heard that, that he had a problem with one of the girls in the camp there. And we heard from others that you just don't touch it, just leave it alone. So we couldn't go there anymore. And they said he got right with his wife, and she, she took him back. Wrong answer, friends. Amen? Get out of the ministry. You can't mess up one time and go back to your wife. You can't mess with some young girl one time. You, this is, you don't get second chances in this one, fellas. Amen? Keep to your wives. Period. So we were going over there. So we couldn't go for a couple of years to camp, and we didn't start our camp back here yet. So I called six months ago, and a pot of gold camp down there in uh, San Antonio. And um, Bonham, the old fella, uh, he's died and went on to be with the Lord. His son's running it now, one of the sons. There's two sons. So I, I called him up, and I told him uh, that I was going to want to come down to the camp and uh, the, the local pastor's fellowship here was going to be down there at the pot of gold camp. So I'd get in on a pastor's fellowship and I'd be able to see the camp because it was down there north of San Antonio, somewhere there. And so the camp director there, Brother Bonham, he said to me, uh, well, what are your standards? He said, we try to put the the groups together which have the same standards in the, in the churches. I don't know if that's very wise to begin with, but I went along with him some. So he said, well, oh, you have the standards then. I just told him a few of our standards that we had here. He said, you need to, uh, I could probably put you with uh, Pastor Smith up in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Well, I quickly replied, sir, I said, I don't know. I said, I don't, please do not. Uh, tell, uh, say that I'm saying something against somebody, but I heard that there were two Smith brothers in and around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they were very promiscuous, very unfaithful, and they were both graduates of uh, Hiles Anderson College, these two brothers. And I said, I do not know if they are. this is the one or not, but I said I'd have to find out about it first. You get what I mean? I mean... You know, I, but I didn't falsely accuse the brother because I don't know. Maybe he isn't the fact. I don't, and he said he had a big work up there. I don't care if he's got 25,000 fellows. He's got to be married right. And he's got to stick to his wife. So anyhow, then we were doing pretty good about that and everything. And I had already lined up the motel. I called and everything. I was going to take my wife down there and look at the camp and get away for a day. Well, then somehow I, I, I talked to him again. And I told him that I would not sit under a divorcee, nor would I uh, encourage my people to sit under a divorcee. Well, then he, the next day he called me back and he said, I called a couple of my board members. And he said, uh, the, the, the moderator of the fellowship, by the way, that's the one, at, I didn't know that, that's the fellow at 195 Calvary right down the road here. He said, he's divorced and remarried. And... I had heard that, but I didn't know it. Now I know it, okay? 
So anyhow, he's there. And he said, there's about three or four other preachers that we're probably going to be preaching. And they are, uh, either they or their wives are twice married. So I was graciously invited. He said, he said, you really need to look for another camp. It's the first time I've ever been invited to a pastor's fellowship in a camp and graciously uninvited. It doesn't feel too good. What they do is they're, they're, they're destroying any opportunities of fellowship with other churches and people because they don't believe the Bible. They don't practice biblical separation in regard to the requirements of a bishop. And I, it doesn't mean one at a time, but even if it meant one at a time, the word blameless blows them out of the water and should blow them out of the ministry. Forever. They are not blameless. Even lost people will say that's wrong. Right? Even people who... There's, there's one up in Buffalo, New York, and he just died. He had a huge church up there. And his, his mother, this dear brother's mother, uh, was uh, not saved, didn't know the Lord. but she And she was either living with someone or any or she was twice or three times married and then she said that pastor uh, he divorced his wife and married the song the piano player and the church was the biggest in buffalo new york and she said if that's if that's a preacher i don't want anything to do with christianity and she had the same problem so uh i i i go back to my original if uh if you think that my preaching or Lester Roloff's preaching or Ron Comfort's preaching or some of these other fellows' preaching is, is too strong or too holy. Wait till we get into the presence of the, the, the one who is altogether holy. Amen? My God's more holy than I'll ever hope to be, fellas. So let's lift the standard. Let's be like Lester Roloff. You know what he said? He said, I don't preach on my level. I preach above my level. So I can... I can bring the people and myself up to God's standard. And when we allow disqualified people as the pastor's wife or the pastor, we are, we are tearing down the holiness of God. He has requirements. That, that Old Testament, that Old Testament uh, priest was only allowed, I get this right, Joe's sharper on this than I am, but bless his heart, the, he was allowed, if, he, if his wife died, he was forbidden to take a whore and he was forbidden to take a divorced woman. All he could do if his wife passed away was he could take a wife of another priest, a widow of another priest or a virgin. Now, that's Old Testament. That's for to be a priest. And uh, we're all believer priests. Hallelujah. Anyhow, then... That's, uh, that's another thing. Then the other thing is, the other thing is if he was the high priest, all he, he couldn't even take a widow. But that's, these, are, these are some areas that are really touchy, fellas, but we better get back in the book. And we better not just deal with things just from the New Testament either. That is not the answer. Two-thirds of our Bible is Old Testament. And we better study it all. Because only in the Old Testament does it tell us that if a man 
His wife gets remarried or gets defiled in what is it in Deuteronomy 24, 25, 26, then he is forbidden to go back to his first mate. That'll answer a lot of your problems on the field, won't it, fellas? I had that I had that happen in North Carolina, Farmville, North Carolina. A fellow had gotten divorced, remarried, got saved under our ministry, living with his second wife, and she got saved too. And he came up and asked me. Then what happened is what? No, his daughter got saved and son-in-law, and she went and got her own mother to come to the church. So here he is with his second wife and two daughters, not by him. You know, he's there. And here his daughter brings his first wife to the church. I don't think he knew who to talk to. And he asked me, he said, what should I do? Should I go back to my first wife? I said, I'm a young preacher. I don't know that answer. I've got to go check my Bible out. And then God showed me over in Deuteronomy. I didn't know. And it says, it's, it's, uh, after she's defiled, you cannot go back to her. You stay with your second mate. You do right. Amen? Better find the book. You stay with her. Even though you look like you should be with her. Amen? This gets pretty thorny, fellas. This divorce and remarriage thing is about the thorniest thing in Christendom. And it's just, it's just unbelievable. The, next, the other thing is the tongues issue. And I've already written a track on both of those. But boy, it's still, it's really something. And we're supposed to deal with people who've had the problem with in a loving, gracious, kind way. Amen? You never treat a divorced and remarried saved person like a second-rate Christian. It's wrong. But they cannot preach and they cannot be a deacon. And you would do well not to let them preach. Even not let them preach in a... You do well not to let them preach on a street corner anywhere. Because you're going to get yourself in trouble. Or letting him preach. Because if, he, if he's a real good speaker, the, the young guys are going to say, Oh man, you can really preach. And they'll start encouraging him. And they don't know about the fact that he's been married two or three times. Are you with me or not? Hello. It's very, very difficult. Had a lot of heartrending and consternation. Best thing to do is just draw the line. Find out where to draw the line and just plumb dry, draw it. The same way with workers. There's so many divorces today. Can they work in the Lord's ministry? Yes, they cannot go out and raise support. They cannot go out and raise support because they'll be preaching. No, the church will just have to pay their salary and be like a worker. You get what I'm talking about? If they're going to work in the printing ministry or this or this or this, they cannot preach. And how much can they be in a leadership capacity? It's difficult. Amen? I know one thing they can go soul winning. The woman at the well did. <laughs> Glory. Amen? And they can be helpers. And they can give all their money. That's a big need in the church, isn't it? They can go out and work like a dog on the church properties and the church building and everything else. But they're not to be, they're not to be preachers or teachers. They can give their testimony, surely. Give their testimony. But they are not to be... I, I, don't, I don't know. I think you can get in some real... Real difficult things if you put them in authority over other people who are 
who could be scripturally qualified to be a preacher. Then you're putting an unqualified man over a qualified man. It's just pretty thorny, doesn't it? Hmm? And we'd like to we'd like just let them do anything, you know, but we can't. Can't, because we can't, cannot go against the book. Can't go against the book just because we love people and we think they're the greatest in the world. And they're clean as, they're as clean as heaven. Hallelujah. Amen? In the eyes of God. You know what I mean? As soon as they're saved, they're just as clean as God is. But their arm's been chopped off. Amen? So certain things can't do. You get what I mean? And uh, we better follow the book. And we better not change it for our mother, our brother, our sister, or our best friend. Amen? Can't change the book. Can't change the book. Yes. What about somebody in your church and you find out they... They uh, committed adultery. But they got back with their wife. They're not going to preach. Can't be a deacon. Can't be a preacher. Amen? They might do it again. There are some people who think that, preachers can, that a preacher can have one affair and then get straight and stay with his wife and no marriages in between and still can preach. No, that's not Bible. He forfeited. He's not blameless anymore. That means you could do it too, brother. That means I could do it too. No, i got to stick with my wife. Amen? She's got to stick with me. And another thing is you better get the right wife because if she decides she doesn't like the mission field too much, amen, you have to step down. If your wife would leave you, Lacey, if you get married next year and within three years your wife says, I can't take this anymore, then you're through. You can still, still go out and do some things, but I don't even think you can street preach anymore. I don't know. Some of these things get thorny, but you get these guys preaching in, on the street, and pretty soon they'll be preaching in the prisons. And pretty soon they'll think they can be in the pulpit again. It is a problem, isn't it? Where in the world do you draw the line? you just got to get a real pure one. Amen? Amen? A good one, a pure one, and, and uh, one that will help you. Because if the wife messes up, you're gone. So are you girls important? Are you women important? Amen? You better stay straight and love your husband. Pray for him. And thank God you're in the ministry. Thank God you're leading women closer to Jesus. Amen? If you have a good wife, you better thank God for her. You better protect her. Very to protect her. A lot of mean people out there. A lot of people don't want to face you, but they'll, face, they'll go and dump all their dirty wash on your wife. She can't take it. Women cannot take it. Pastor Eben told me years ago, he said he used to take his wife when he had a church problem, and he would go and take a church problem with his wife there, and he said he could forgive the people all day long. And he said, my wife, the way they talk to me, he said she wanted to get them. That was, <laughs> she, you don't talk about my man that way. He said, I don't take Mrs. Eborn anymore. I don't take my wife at all. He said, I take another man. And you know what's better than that? Send another man. Mm-hmm. You got a problem in your Chilean church there? I know you're the big head, but let the natives get a good godly native and let him go over and do all your dirty work. Because you've got to still keep preaching to those people, you know, until he takes the church. Then, he'll, then you better encourage him to do the same thing, to get a, another good godly man in his church to, to go and, and talk, uh, deal with all these problems because once you confront these people, they don't want to see you anymore. 
You've got to preach to them all the time. I try to get Pastor Hammond's take off. Uh, he's, probably, he's probably listening to me. I try to get Pastor Hammond's take care of all these mean, these problem people. Then they get mad at him instead of me. And I stay out of his school business. Another thing you need to do, you need to learn to delegate authority and let other people. I let Pastor Hammond's run the whole school. He asks me occasionally uh, to pray about a certain thing or something else. But he runs the school. He can take pride in the school. It's his. I already, I already did some of that years ago, and I don't want any more of it. And I have no patience with little bit kids anymore. I love them, and I, I, but I have no pa- I'm too old for that. I can't, I can't stand it anymore. Amen? You go over and spank them all. I, I don't, I'm too busy praying and reading the Word and getting souls saved. Amen? I, I, I'm just too old for that. And get some other people to do your work for you. Because the, the people, you know, most people, if you take them aside in, in your office one time, and I think I, in the last six months, I think I made a mistake or two on that too. Is you do your counseling from the pulpit. They won't be asking you any questions. You're so strong in the pulpit, you tell it all. They know where you stand. They know you're going to disagree with them before they ever get together with you. And don't ever counsel women without your wife around. I don't counsel with women. Don't counsel with women. It's dangerous. I've often said I, don't, I won't counsel with women. And don't go to the back door of the church either and shake all these women's hands. They may do like that woman down in, 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 uh, in uh, North Carolina. I just preached on it. I said, Spurgeon said, don't spend too much time with the women. Spend all your time with the men. Or some woman will come up and hold your hand with one hand and be rubbing your hand with the other hand. What I preached that Sunday morning in Farmville, North Carolina. And right after the service, we stood at the back door. My wife on one side, the other on the other side. And this older lady who'd been married two or three times, jewelry all over and everything. She was, she was almost twice my age. I was just in my 20s, late 20s. And she came up after I preached this and grabbed my, I, 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 I shook her hand. And she, and she started rubbing my hand. I wanted to kick her so bad I didn't know what to do. And it wasn't three months later, and we had our anniversary service, our homecoming, and my, my guitar player, who played Brother Bran, he played my music for me, and he was at the homecoming. He came up at the anniversary service. He's after, he said, you know Mrs. So-and-so? I said, yeah. He said, she came up to me and was just, just doing this, rub, rubbing on, uh, herself on me. I said, better you than me, Brother Bran. Oh, wicked hussy, come right to church to try to ruin the preacher and the song leader. She didn't last too long in our church. Glad of it. She wasn't even a member. She never joined, did she? She never a member of our church. Boy, don't spend much time with the women. Spend all your time with your men. Amen? All your time with your men. Because uh, if nothing else, it won't look good. And I have a dear pastor friend of mine, and he's getting old now, had some heart problems, and, and he said he was down in uh, Swansboro, North Carolina, I believe it was. Busy. He was a builder, church builder. He's always building. His father was a carpenter. And he built this church. He was doing this church building, and he never went up to this house. He, he, he counseled with this woman whose uh, husband was over there in um, some foreign country. He was a Marine. Never went to the house without his wife there. Never. 
but the car was out in front of the house there as he was counseling with this woman, and someone got a rumor going around this little town, little town like Florence, much smaller than Copper's Cove, just a little town. And by the time it got to him, it was all over town that he was having an affair with this woman. He got the woman who started the gossip there, got her to confess up, got it all straightened out, and he still felt like he should leave the church because it was all over the community. Nothing to it, but he felt like he ought to leave, and he went on and did some great things for God other places. But you can't be careful enough. And even what's it, Dr. Ed Nelson out there in that church in, in the um, in the Rockies, largest church in the Rockies, and a woman, they started a, a, a rumor about him and some woman. Nothing to it at all. He said, he said if I'd have defended myself, I'd have made it worse. He said, all I could do is just ride it out and let it die. Ride it out and let it die. Now, I don't know, maybe he could have done something else. Maybe he should have, in a praiseful way, if he knew who started the thing, get her up there. I want you to know congregation, this lady started a rumor about me and her tongue so long. I don't know. Maybe he should have done that. I don't know what he should have done. That was him and not me. Okay? I don't know what he should have done. But uh, anyhow, uh, you you better guard yourself. Don't you ride in the same vehicle with some young woman. If she's twice your age, she still ought to be in the back seat because you don't know her past. Amen? An emergency is a different situation. But just be cautious. If you're not careful, they'll start a rumor about you and some two young women and it be your daughter. Now, I know you still have to ride with your daughter. But, I mean, they'll start something about nothing. And you'll be ruined before you know it. So, just be cautious. Be cautious about these things. And what I do, I stay right at the pulpit. I don't go back there. They, they didn't come to church to shake my hand anyhow. Amen? I just stay up the pulpit. And I had this one woman, y'all knew about this, this, this one woman in the other church, when we were in the other church over there, and she was having trouble with her husband. And uh, she'd come right up, I, you know, right up, we were real tight there. She'd come right up, you know, get right in my face and everything. And Patty back there, raise your hand, Patty, they all know Patty. And Patty said, if that lady does that one more time to you, Dad, I'm going to get her. I said, you get her, girl. You just get her. Just scratch your eyes out. I don't care what you do. Amen. She's protecting her daddy and my purity and my testimony. And that dear lady, we tried to help her, but her home split up anyhow. You know, I, I grieve over that. But uh, just stay away from the women. Amen. Stay close to your woman. Go out with your wife. Like these soldiers, I tell them, when you come in from the field, you don't go to the, out camping with your buddies. You go out with your wife. Amen? You spend all your time with your wife.